Okay, uh, good luck everyone. Let's get started. Today is Daf Nun. Yesterday was Daf Memtes. We're going to do a review of yesterday's Daf. We're having a mind before Shlema to Amy Bastvoro. Hopefully their surgery went well. And uh, we're starting off on Memtes at the two dots towards the top of the page. Uh, it's about four lines down. So we talked about the uh, idea that it's Bizman Shehilakin while they are of um, when they're moist, so then the those the second group of material that's used to keep keep warm, that you wrap the f- hot food in, is going to be mosif hevel. It's going to add heat, and therefore it's forbidden to set up even from before Shabbos. And the question of lachin that we want to know on that is the Gemara wanted to know is what do you mean lachin? Lachin does that mean that they're naturally moist, or are they actually Moistened is also going to be a problem. Um, yes, I'm breaking up. Um, I'm doing my best here. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything else I could do. One second. All right, I'll try and shut off the videos. One second. All right. Hopefully it's hopefully now it's a little better. We'll see. Okay. With that, let's get started. So, the question is is that what does it mean moistened? Moistened self-moistened, naturally moist are we talking about or still not clear? You still can't hear? Oh, I'm moist. Okay, let me fix that. Sorry about that. <laughs> it happened by itself. Okay, I think it was because uh, I got signed out by accident. Okay. All right. So again, the question is, what does it mean, lach? Does it mean that it was naturally that way, that that's when they're not, or even if they came moist through something else, we brought a proof that it says, Tevin, Zakim, Mochin, Asavim, all those material. Now, if, when you look at, um, uh, if you include even things that are, that are moist through, you know, added uh, somebody added water to it, or liquid, some liquid. Then I understand. But if you're going to say lachin machmas atzman, how is mochin? How are the soft material cotton is usually not naturally moist or so, whatever the soft material is. So the Gemara says you can find it if it's the particular wool that's between the le- the re- back legs of the sheep, apparently near where it urinates. It stays um, very, it's like a very humid area. They, they, it never leaves, the, the moisture stays there. And uh, Rav Oshia says, uh, so the Gemara says, but Rav Oshia says that you could even use clothes when it's dry, uh, um, but not if it's wet. Now, how are clothes naturally wet? The answer is, if the clothes were made from that material, they would actually stay permanently moist, and that would be what we were talking about. Anyway, that was the, that's the story with that. Next thing we talked about is the Mishnah. Uh, we said you could use for Atmana clothes, fruit, kanfeyona. Uh, the Mishnah explains that, Arashi explains the fruit here. We're talking about things that are like very small, like grains and um, beans or something like that. Uh, wings, feathers basically, and sawdust and uh, flax. 
the part that the flax the the that 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 you can shake off uh, that's thin and according to Rebuda that's forbidden if it's thin only when it's thicker pieces we'll see what we're talking about so we got a little bit of a sidetrack about tefillin very interesting that tefillin require a clean body like the story of Elisha who's called Elisha Balkanafayim Elisha the master of the wings and the story goes is that what does it mean first of all to have a clean body Rabbi says it's that he doesn't pass gas and Rabbi says that he doesn't sleep uh, why is he called Elisha Balkanafayim? So the story goes is that the Romans made a decree against wearing tefillin. And he maintained, he still wore tefillin. And um, uh, he was outside and somebody, an officer found him, chased after him, he was running away. As soon as he met up with him, he took him quickly off his head and held them in his hand. And he says, what's in your hand? So he says, these are wings of a dove. So he opened his hands, and sure enough, they were wings of a dove. So that's why he's called Elisha Balkanafayim. Now, why is wings of a dove? I don't, why do you, if he's making up a story, he could have said any wings. Why do you pick wings of a dove? The answer is, is because the Jewish people are compared to a dove, as a pasuk in Tehillim indicates. Now, where, what, is that, what do we mean? What's special about the wings of a dove is that it, they, they are the things that protect the dove. Um, in contrary to other birds, well, um, the dove protects itself with its wings, not only to protect itself from the cold, you know, to cover itself, or but even to fend off enemies, it uses its wings, it flutters its wings on the enemy instead of attacking with its claws or something like that, which is interesting. Um, next thing was the sawdust. So the question is, Rebuda argued question is, what was he arguing in? Was he only arguing on the fine flax, or was he arguing even on the fine sawdust? And we brought a raya that he was only arguing on the fine sawdust, fine flax rather, fine sawdust is not a problem according to him, and that was the story with that. Okay. New Mishnah, we're at the Mishnah on the bottom of Memtes Aleph. We said that leathers is good for atmana. you can use that, and they're also not mukta. You can... Uh, use uh, wool shearings, but those are muktzah. What do you do? You take off the cover, and then it falls off. So in other words, even though they're muktzah, you can use it because you're doing it from before Shabbos, but uh, you pick up the cover, and they'll fall on the side, and that's okay. Blaz ben says that uh, the box, you just tilt a bit on its side, and then you can take it out, um, because um, you, you got to make sure that if you take it, you'll still have a place to put it back. And they'll come and say, that's not a concern. You can take it and put it back. We'll see what that machlok is about soon. So Rav Yonasan ben Achinai and Rav Yonasan ben Elazar were sitting in with Rav Hanina bar and the question was raised. Um, he asked them, um, leather, when we're talking about leather in the Mishnah, do we mean private man's leather, which is not as specific what he uses it for, it's not for sale, it's not to produce anything, so then it's flexible and it's not mukta. But if it was from the leather worker, so then it would be mukta because he's makbid, uh, and therefore you can't move it. Or maybe are we talking even um, in a, a leather worker's leather that he doesn't mind using it, and it's not mukta. So... And surely a private man's would, of course, be the case. So Rabbi Yonas ben Elazar says it makes sense that a balabais 
is the one we're talking about because I mean the logic is that uh, one would assume that a leather worker would in fact not be willing to let his leather be used, you know, just for anything. He cares what it's used for. So Rebchanina Bechama answers that actually Rabbi Shmuel Bar Yossi said in the name of his father, who happened to be in the leather business. And they were sitting around, and he said, oh, you wanted something to sit on? Yeah, go grab some leather from the shop and sit on it. Sounds like they're very flexible, and they don't care really whether the leather is used for something. Apparently it's durable enough, and you know it's not, no harm done if you can utilize it, even though he's the one who makes things out of it. Okay. Next, we saw that when it comes to, comes to boards of wood, um, if private man's boards of wood are not really muktzah, but the ones from an uman, in fact, are muktzah. If you had a mind that you're going to use it, to play, play, use it as a table or a serving platter, so then that's going to be okay. But it sounds like, um, so it sounds like that in uman's boards, he's very picky, picky on the, 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 the board of the woodworker. So the more answer is that's very different because boards, they do really care. A little blemish, it ruins it for business. It's not gonna, you know, you got, you can't, you know, the furniture is not gonna look nice if it has some, you know, grape juice stains on it. I guess the leather, they don't, you know, they're not as picky. Next, we saw is the oro. The uh, we brought a raya. Um, it talked about leather, whether their work leather or non-work leather is permitted to move on Shabbos and not muktzah. Um, and the only time that there's a difference between work, you know, the worked leather, processed leather, and non-processed leather is as far as Tumah goes, that only processed leather is subject to Tumah, not the non-processed kind. So aren't we talking, you're not distinguishing between Balabayas or Numan, sounds like it's either one. So Gamar says, not necessarily true. It could be that we're talking only about a Balabayas. Um, why not then talk, contrast it to uh, the Umans? The answer is, we're saying even when it's a Balabayas, um, and we're saying that uh, even the Balabais's, uh leather we can be problematic as far as, I mean, it's subject to Tuma if it's been a worked leather. Okay, but uh, it doesn't make a difference. So we're only, it's not really a proof either way. Next we said is that perhaps it's a Machlogas Tanoim. Uh, the leather of Balbais can be moved and an Uman cannot be moved. And Rabbi Yossi says, it doesn't matter, you can move them both, even if it's coming to an Umad. This is Rabbi Yossi, actually the father of Bishmo Rabbi who was in the leather business, he's saying, yeah, they're pretty much, he was saying, I'm not unique, apparently didn't care too much that the leather be used for other things, even though he's selling it and making things out of it. Later on, they sat and they asked the question, um, this is the same group, so it's Rabbi Yonason ben Achinoi and Rabbi Yonason ben, who are the names? Rabbi Yonason ben Achinoi and Rabbi Yonason ben Elazar, together with Rabbi Hanina bar Chama. And the question was raised, um, what are the Avos Melachos, Arbam Chasrachos? Where did they get that 40 minus 1 <coughs> with the Avos of Shab- you know, the, the prohibited activities on Shabbos? So, Rav Hanina bar says that what they have to do with is the activities in the Mishkan. There are basically all these activities that are in the Mishkan, that's the ones that you're not allowed to use. So uh, Rabbi Yonas and Bruno Lazar uh, said a different answer. He says, I heard from Rabbi Shimon Barabi, that it has to do with every time it mentions the word Malacha, Malachto, or Malachas in the Torah, and it actually says it 40 times minus 1. 
So Rav Yosef says, there's one, one of them that I'm not sure if that's on the list or not. Um, what is that? It says, This is a puzzle by Yosef when he went into Potiphar's house to do his malacha. Does that mean malacha? Or does it not mean malacha? Is that on the list or not? So Abai so says, what's the problem? Count it up and see if it's 40, if it's, uh, if it's included or not. So the Gemara says that because we do, we, if we need to count, we'll count. So, um, so uh, this is, by the way, the before the days of Concordatia. Okay. Anyway, so uh, the bottom line is, um, what the question really was is that it says in the Pasuk, Vamalacha is a dayum. So uh, there's another pasuk that says malacha, and that one. The question is: Is that one in the list of? Because it says it forty times total. If you include that one, then this one must be that he wasn't really doing malacha when he went in. He was about to do the act with Potiphar's wife, and uh, until he held back. Okay, um, so it wasn't that's why it's taken out of the list, and. Um, um, or is it the other way around? And that, that that one is that he went in to do malacha, and that's counted in the uh, just regular work. And when it says vamalacha is daim, that just means that they're finished of uh, bringing in all the things needed for the mishkan, but it wasn't talking about it. And the Gemara says it's a take. We're not sure. Basically, it's a fascinating thing. There are forty times that it mentions the word malacha, malachto, or malaches in the Torah. One of them doesn't count. It's one of these two. We don't. We just don't know which one. It doesn't count. Okay. Next thing we said is a brisa that supports the opinion of Rav Chanin Barchama, because it the brisa says that the avodas of the mishkan, uh, because it says you're not chayev only on a melacha that was done in the mishkan. They planted in the time to build the mishkan. They needed to plant some plants for the process for the flax or whatever the various coverings. So you can't plant. They harvested. You can't harvest. They uh, brought the beams up from the ground. To the wagon, you can't carry from public to private. Yeah, they took down the, from the wagons um, the beams from the wagons to the ground, so you can't take out from private from private to public. They uh, carried from one wagon to the other. You can't carry from one private domain to another private domain. Scumber says, wait a second, I didn't think that was prohibited to take from private domain to private domain. Scumber says, yes, it is if you're carrying it via the public domain, meaning over the area of the public domain, that's we learn from there that actually it is prohibited. Um, next we saw is um, um, actually that is exactly where we got left off. Uh, four, uh, five lines from the bottom of the page, and I'll just stop for a second, and then we'll start from here. One second. <laughs> 